Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the CW Clinic. My name is Chris, and if this is your first time listening, this is a show about how to be fucking awesome and kick the shit out of your life. I am here, as always, with my co-host and fantastic producer, Steve Taft. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Really happy to be here. Really happy to do our uh, little Sunday ritual of catching up and... uh learning a little bit about how to improve ourselves. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, actually. I, I appreciate you asking. I'm doing a lot better than last week. Yeah, uh, we were both on the verge of allergy death last week. So this is our take two of uh, podcast number three, which is accountability, which we will get into. But last week, I showed up to record and we were both destroyed by allergies. One of the first things I said to Steve was, hey man, listen, my allergies are are beating my ass right now. And your response was, yes, my ass is being beaten as well. And we recorded, you know, a a decent show, but we just sounded off and we ended up trashing it. Yeah, you know, holding a a standard for quality is super important. Yeah. And we didn't want to put anything out there that, uh, to be honest with you, we weren't pleased with. Right. So, whatever. Yeah. We, we, we do it again. Yeah, now we're golden. We're, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, yesterday, um, you had an exciting day. I did. I had a very exciting day. What What what'd you do yesterday? Well, um, I did several things. Uh, the two most, I guess you can say, fun things that I did was... Uh, we had our 15-year high school reunion yesterday at the Stony Creek Brewery. If you're not familiar with that place, it's actually pretty awesome. I love it there. And uh, <clears throat> there's an upstairs level to Stony Creek Brewery, which I had never been to because I wasn't a part of a private party until yesterday. Oh, you've never had a private party? Well, at Stony Creek Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our uh, our... Our co-president of the class, I think she was co-president, Fran. I don't remember, guys. You know, as 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 many of you know, my memory is not very good. But Fran, our president of our class, put on a 15-year reunion. And uh, a lot of people showed up and kids were invited. So there was children flying around the whole thing. Kids, man. Yeah. I don't have any kids that I know of. Steve, do you have any kids? I get 125 kids every year. I don't need any more. Oh, right, right, right. No, I right. So I have 50 children, but <laughs> they're not of my blood. They're of employment. Yeah. Um, but there were kids running around, and uh, it was really good to see everyone. I had a really good conversation. Well, I had several very good conversations with um, some pretty awesome people from our class. And it was really nice to run into a bunch of people. And, you know, honestly, uh, I, you know, I, I really tried to articulate that I'm just an average dude who um, just wants to, you know, make the best of life. And uh, and that's that's basically the point I was getting across. We did have some people talk about our podcast. That's exciting. That listened to it. Um, Jesse Rotolo was telling us uh, how how deeply it hit her. She actually said she teared up. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, not that I want to see her upset by any means, but I respect the, the feedback. And, uh, you know, outside of that, I also was undefeated in um, Cornhole. I mean, that's, that's the most important piece, right? Right. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cornhole, but uh, it's gotten very competitive these days. Oh, yeah. I believe it's on ESPN. 
Uh, yes, the Ocho. Which, yeah, by the way, is, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, from the movie Dodgeball, ESPN the Ocho is a real thing now. They have uh, Dodgeball on there. They have um, Kickball, Cornhole. It's, it's incredible. So any sport you should be drunk to Yeah, play. it's on the Ocho. Okay, it's on I the swear. Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually, uh, uh, Norm and I, Eric McDonald and I, uh, put away, I believe, four teams uh, one with a classmate, Brian, who plays in a league for Cornhole. And uh, we made it rain. Yeah, I played in a league. We made, we made it rain. And uh, long story short, guys, I'm very competitive. And I win at everything I do because of the mindset of I'm going to win. And Why do something unless you're going to be the best? Truth. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, the reunion was good. I was there for a couple hours. And then I went over to my buddy's house and I watched... Uh, Crimson Tide destroy Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, they tend to do that. Um, yesterday was a traumatic day in college football for it, me. It was. Oh, it was. Yeah, the uh, my Florida Gators lost for the first time in 32 years to the Kentucky Wildcats. Wow. And I'm still, still a little upset. Are is Kentucky even D1? They are, but they're not very good. No. No. Well, I, I, I feel sympathetic for you. Did you see that chick, that young chick, beat uh, Williams in tennis? I did not. I can't watch tennis, dude. Uh, I, it's it's in the realm of baseball where, like, I'll go watch it live. Yeah. I can't sit and watch it. I need to be amongst the crowd to have other people continuously keep me in it. Right, right, right. Whereas, you know, when you're at home and you're sitting on the couch, right. the phone's more interesting. Oh, of course. it Because it's 2018. Yeah. And now I don't know the specifics, uh, but... This chick was 20, and she beat Serena Williams, I believe it was. Serena Williams for the Open, which is like the prestigious tennis thing. Yeah, it's one of the Grand Slam events. And the whole controversy behind it was the referee took points away from Williams for like smashing her racket on the ground and mouthing off to him. So arguably, she lost because of her attitude. Now, what I would like to know, and this this kind of relates directly to our topic today. Mm. Afterwards, mm. did she own her point loss, or did she blame the ref? You know, she really, she really proved her league of like uh, of respectable athlete when they when they were on the microphones afterwards, because Williams didn't point the finger. She actually, well, I, she she did point the finger. She pointed the finger at the winner which was this young girl, I forget her name, that was 20 years old, who beat her fairly. And uh, Williams articulated as such that, you know, good for her. She has beaten me. I hope I have the chance to play her again. And didn't point the finger at the ref. During the acceptance of the trophies, you know, prior to she was mouthing off to the ref in front of the cameras in the entire U.S. Open. You know, I didn't really realize this until I listen to a lot of talk radio while I'm driving to and from work, which is not that far of a commute. But uh, <laughs> she dominated the conversation this week, and I didn't realize just how um, important she is. Like, she's apparently redefined the sport of tennis. F- female, yeah, she's arguably the GOAT. So I didn't realize that, like, you know, there's. Whether you believe it or not, numbers say that LeBron James might end up being the GOAT. I don't care about your opinion. Statistics say if he remains on his path, 
we might be witnessing the goat. Mm. I got to witness the goat in Tiger Woods, although he's not there anymore. <laughs> and now I might be witnessing the goat in female tennis. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, I think LeBron's son is going to be like even better. Could be. I mean, he's got enough coaching and, and you know, access yeah. to the resources. Yeah. So, yeah. Very potentially could. Yeah, yeah. I love sports and I love watching it. And I was, you know, I was over at my buddy's house yesterday, and we were flipping between um, Georgia. Who Georgia play yesterday? Uh, Georgia was was that South Carolina? I think so. Yeah, that one. That one I was expecting to be a lot closer than it was. Georgia, uh, uh, um, Bama, and uh, in the tennis game. So that that's what I did yesterday. You know, outside of some you know work stuff and. And it was fun, and I was happy to watch everything, and I was happy to see a bunch of people from our class that are all doing well and have kids and whatnot, and uh, it was cool. You know, I made some connections and, you know, basically, uh, you know, got some phone numbers, and hopefully I can help some people when it comes to business and so on and so forth. I was asked to be a life coach Hmm. yesterday from someone from our class, which I was kind of like, huh? Wait, what? <laughs> but I don't really look at myself as as such. Well, I just kind of did you direct them here so they could at least I, begin. I, I I didn't. I didn't, and I should have. Oh man! But uh, you know, I, uh, I I tried to articulate to everyone. I'm just a regular dude. I just you know, I just keep going, and I've happened to figure a few things out. You know, so on on the topic of being a regular dude and figuring things out, let's get into the meat of of what we're actually going to be talking about today. And I kind of like what you said in the fact that people may look at you as this life coach sort of persona, but in reality, it, it's more like you live within a code, right? Mm. It, it's nothing different. It's nothing special, but it's consistent. And you've chosen these principles to kind of guide your life, starting off with how you look at life, which mm. we already hit on in perspective. And then the other part, well, one of the many other parts, is being accountable mm. for your life. Taking ownership of your actions, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So, where, where do we jump off here, Chris? When we talk about the topic of accountability, what does it mean to your life? Where did you start practicing it? Any, any of these areas, man. Where was the first time that, that you could recall thinking about accountability you know i think it starts from when i was actually in high school um because i had the exact opposite mindset that i have now and you know that mindset was uh pointing the finger at everybody else because it was everybody else's fault that bad things were happening to me quote unquote and the examples that i've used in the past are uh, you know, if a teacher pulled me aside and, and told me, Chris, you're going to fail this class, which I did fail classes in high school, uh, <clears throat> I would point the finger at the teacher. Well, it's your fault. You didn't, you're not teaching me well enough for me to pass. Or, you know, if I got pulled over and got a speeding ticket or whatever, a ticket for not signaling proper lane change, I would point the finger at the police officer. Well, that's your fault. Or, uh, well, we're going to arrest you now, Chris. Uh, <laughs> and I would look at the officer and be like, well, that's your fault. Or, you know, my mom would take Nintendo away from me because, you know, I did something ridiculous. I would point the finger at Nance. By the way, Nancy's a saint. 
my mother. And, and Great lady. Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, this is your fault. And you couldn't tell me otherwise. You could tell me otherwise, but it wouldn't it wouldn't have seeped in and to my mind. And uh, I think after the military, I, I, I didn't agree with a lot of the um, disciplining in the military. It's a lot of negative reinforcement. There's not a lot of positive reinforcement in the military. But after the military, when I went into business for myself, I I started to learn that I started to understand that when I made mistakes, I couldn't point the finger at my customer or I couldn't point the finger at the bank for not approving my loans. Or I couldn't point the finger at, you know, the gym that I was working for, for taking too much money, uh, you know, commission wise on the client that I was training or I couldn't, I couldn't point the finger at someone else for not making the sale, uh, so I, I started to kind of reflect in my mid-20s, 2024, I believe, that, hey, holy shit, this, you know, this sale didn't happen because me. I didn't make the sale happen. Or, you know, this, um, this loan didn't go through because I didn't have the collateral, you know, like money, money to put down, kind of like a house, you know. Here, we'll give you 300 grand, but you have to put 30 down. You know, uh, and I started to kind of like look at myself in the mirror and point the finger back at me. And once I started doing that, keep in mind, it took years, but my mindset started to change. Like, Chris, it's your fault. It's not the customer's fault. And when that mindset changed, I started to like almost be emotionally aware and like understanding things that I never did to progress in life and allowing myself to take the fall, I did beat myself up pretty bad in the beginning. You know, that bridge from it's not my fault to it's my fault. I was really, really hard on myself, which I've pushed past. But I started to accept the accountability for fault. And forecasting, you know, years later, you say here now at 33, um, I'm a lot easier on myself when I make mistakes. I accept the fault, but I look at it as lessons now. It's like, oh, holy shit, I really fucked that one up. But it's my fault, but I won't make that mistake again. I'm going to follow up on that in a second. Um, But I want to kind of bring something to the forefront um, that Chris just hit on. I, excuse me, guys. I, as an educator... Uh, running to why'd you fail me a lot and I've noticed that in a lot of aspects of life uh, people fail to use the correct language when talking about accountability it's, it's almost like you know a worker misses a day of work an hourly wage worker misses a day of work and then blames the boss when their paycheck's light, right? Why didn't you pay me what you're supposed to pay me? Why did you fail me? Well, did you show up to work today and do the work? No, you didn't. So did I fail you or did you fail yourself? And, and from my walk of life, I've noticed that um, one of the key factors in getting people to change their mindset is getting them to change their language that they use around things. As part of your journey, did you include any sort of specific language that you 
tried to incorporate? Yeah, actually, well, some of the biggest language that I had to learn, which I believe is relevant to your question, is um, praise versus criticism, whether it's directed at someone else or yourself. So, you know, using the employer uh, platform, like your uh, educator platform, I can get my employees to do whatever I want by criticizing them. But as soon as I leave and, you know, virtually my back is turned, they'll go back to doing whatever, you know, whatever I don't want done from criticism. Mm -hmm. If you just criticize people, and in this case, if you criticize yourself, it's, it's negative and it's like negative reinforcement and no one wants to be criticized. Even if it's constructive, I believe there's a little bit of a difference, but the point that I'm getting at is if you praise others, even if they do things wrong, if you praise them for what they do right, or if you praise yourself for what you do right, kind of like I was saying, yeah, I realize I made the mistake, I understand it's my fault, but I'm gonna look at it as a positive light that I won't make this mistake again. So I'm praising myself for learning. If you praise others and praise yourself, in my opinion, it will shift the understanding and the accountability will be better. I love how without even meaning to, Chris just gave us a, because I promise you the look on his face right now tells me he didn't mean to do this. (laughs) He just gave us a perfect example of accountability, right? So here he is as the owner of a business. And he's talking about his workers not doing the right thing. He's not blaming his workers. He just said that they may or may not be doing the right thing based on his actions as a leader. Right? 100%. Criticism, I could not agree with you anymore. Um, You know, when you criticize people, I've learned this through life. And and this might have to be a part of owning your shit here, people. Uh, This actually just happened to me a couple days ago. It was a pretty big deal in one of the online nerding things I did. Ah, yes. I gave uh, what I thought of as very constructive, factual feedback. Uh-huh. I cited facts. I didn't come after people. Uh-huh. I said the things that weren't getting done that their job title says they're responsible for doing. In my mind, if somebody says that to me, what I hear is, Hey, man, I trusted you to do this thing and you let me down. Could you please step it up? And I take that as criticism. And I go, Okay, you want me to prove an A, B, and C? Great. A lot of people today can't take it. No. They immediately think that you're pointing out something wrong or bad in them. However, if instead of pointing out those things that uh, they were doing wrong, if I found the right in there, it amplifies their desire to want to do right. I think of a student that is struggling to learn a concept. Yeah, man, your essay was shit. Your writing was shit. <laughs> I'm not going to say that to a student, folks. <laughs> Actually, there's a couple that I have a really close connection with that I may be that blunt with because I know that's what they need to hear. Right. But if I do say something to the effect of, your research, though, was fantastic. Mm. They're going to want to couple that research now with the ability to write because they know they're doing something great and they could get there if they keep focusing. Yep. So to your point on praise... Why shouldn't that work with ourselves? Right. If we build ourselves up as opposed to break ourselves down. Right. And, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna tell a story that was one of the hardest, I don't want to say lessons, but one of the hardest examples as an employer to accept. Right. Um, for those of you that don't know, or if this is your first time listening, you know, 
I myself personally in 10 years went from you know, going into a business, like a startup business myself as a personal trainer and nutritionist, driving around with my truck on empty to pick up money just from clients to train that I was training to put gas in my tank in a basement apartment that when it rained, water would come in, it would get my bed wet. You know, my poor dog Frank would get wet from like puddles in the basement apartment and just a shitty, shitty quality of life. Uh, you know, to now, almost 10 years later, having two companies with over 50 employees and about a million dollars in gross revenue. Um, it's a massive degree of separation, but one of the biggest uh, examples that I, one of the most important examples that I could give that really hit home with me now as an employer is firing people, right? I do not like to fire people, all right? Um, two years ago when I bought my second company, the, the gym that I own, um, you know, I had to clean house, you know, and I, I didn't want to fire people, but I did. And at that point, I thought it was the employee's fault that they were getting fired. And it took me, and this is recent, this is a recent development in my own life. It took me two years to the point that the last time I fired someone, which was, what is it, September? Yeah. Wow, holy shit. Um, April, you know? April, May time frame. Um, when I was letting this person go, I had to look them in the face and tell them the reason why I'm firing them is ultimately my fault as the employer. Because as their leader, I couldn't figure out how to get it through to them that they couldn't do certain things on the job which would risk their employment. I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out how to articulate to this person, yo, you can't be on your cell phone at work. You have to clean up the gym floor before you leave. If a customer walks in, you have to acknowledge them. Simple, simple, simple little things in the aspect of the employment for me, but I couldn't get it through to them. And, and, and granted, that this individual worked for me for about a year, and I saw the uh, like downslope of their performance. And I know there's a lot of external circumstances given the situation, but part of being a leader and part of being an employer is working with your people, kind of like you as a teacher. You lead and mentor your your kids. I lead and mentor my staff, and it's honestly like one of the coolest things i've ever been able to do but i couldn't figure it out and i looked this person in the face and i was like i'm letting you go and i failed you as a leader it is ultimately my fault that i have to let you go and it was really difficult for me it was really difficult you know outside of that that person didn't care and she didn't want to be there anymore which i know but it was really difficult for me to accept and now I know moving forward that when I do or if I do let someone go, it's my fucking fault. It's not their fucking fault. It's my fault. And that's really, really, really hard to accept. And 9.5 people out of 10 can't even comprehend that. I'm thinking to uh, 
other examples in, in my life that are very similar and, and bringing it to the forefront. Um, you know, as, as an educator, I'm the master of content, right? Mm-hmm. It's my job to make sure that my students have what I have to pass their test, right? So I've got to figure out how do I get through your head? This is what you need to know. And I don't get the option of firing my students. <laughs> Believe me, there's a few that uh, I would like to give to other teachers so that they could take a crack at it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about how this may apply to our listeners. I'm thinking about folks that might be in charge of a sales team, right? Or I'm thinking of our, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the full-time job of being a stay-at-home mom and just trying to get your kids to clean up their shit off the, the playroom floor. And how, you know, the language around that might be something to the fact of, like, Lil Johnny, why don't you understand... I love that example, that, Lil Johnny. That you... Uh, you got to clean up your shit when you're done playing with it. Yep. And I think that for a lot of people, taking that and, and turning it into, well, have I explained to little Johnny why it's important, how to do it, mm-hmm. where do things go? And, and taking part of that, that accountability, that ownership, that as leaders in this world, we're all, even, even those of you who think you're the bottom of the pecking order, you're still leader to somebody somewhere. I'm thinking of right now... Even if it's your cat. It, it could be at home, or I'm thinking of like, you know, you're the employee that's been there for three months at... I got a lot of students that work at Dunkin' Donuts, so I always think of Dunkin' Donuts when um, I'm coming up with these examples. Shout out to Dunkin' for giving my kids a shot. I know Dunkin' fired me when I was 16, by the you way. You probably deserved it. I did. I know I know uh, the owner of a lot of the Dunkins in Guilford. <laughs> you probably deserved it. Frankie D'Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you might be that... Uh, that employee that's been there for three months is somebody who's hired on the same level as mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but they're the new hire. Mm-hmm. That makes you the master in their eyes. You know what's up. And you could either choose to help that person succeed or fail. And you could choose to be your own success or failure by holding yourself accountable as well. So I think that everybody on all levels can kind of relate to, to whether you're a boss firing people or whether you're you know, on the, the men's slow-pitch softball team, and you've got that guy that just can't seem to get a swing down, and you could take a little ownership and help him out. And uh, I, I like that, sharing the accountability as a concept. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, were you going to... No, I'm good. You know, guys, it doesn't... Steve's absolutely right. You know, first things first, I'm no better than anybody else. I just happen to be at a position in life to where I can use my um, credentials... I guess is a good way of putting it to help you, the listener, apply it to your life. Yeah, I have 50 employees and there's shitloads of money going in and out of my companies, but it doesn't make me better than anyone. I'm just a regular dude. I mean, I put on my pants the same way you do. I sleep in my bed the same way you do. Uh, you know, and if you're a stay-at-home mom and your kids aren't doing the right thing, it's not your kids' fault. It's your fault. If if uh, you know, if you're a first line supervisor at Dunkin' Donuts and the uh, the employees aren't doing the right thing, it's not their fault. It's your fucking fault. You have to learn that if you can point the finger at yourself and take the blame, you will be able to progress in life, and you'll be able to help those underneath you progress. Whether it's your kid or your employees, 
or your team, if you're a coach, or whatever it might be. And the example that I always give when it comes to accepting responsibility and accountability is at the level that I'm at, you know, when I walk into my gym and I have like 15 employees around and maybe 100 customers, if I fuck up, which I do on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day, I raise my hand and I announce to everybody in earshot, I just made a mistake. And I'll look around to make sure I have everyone's attention. I just made a mistake. Whether it's, you know, I stepped on uh, my dog's paw or uh, I cost my company $1,000. If I can show everyone by leading by example, I made a mistake, you identify the mistake, you accept the mistake, and you learn how to not make that mistake again. If you can implement this basic accountability, responsibility, taking blame type action that we're teaching you, I guarantee you within one year, you, your life will be different financially, like physically, mentally, all of the things. Can you piggyback off that? Yeah. So I'm actually, first thing I want to do is break it down because you just gave us a one, two, three. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you meant to do that, but it was awesome. One, identify you fucked up. Mm. Two, own fucking up. Yeah. Three, make an action plan to not fuck up again. That's literally how I teach everyone in my life about mistakes. That's the that's the lesson I use. Fuck up, own fuck up, don't fuck up again. Learn it, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny because Chris and I have conversations off air all the time. We you got here what half an hour before we even started recording? Anything? Yeah, because you made me come here early. Yeah, I know. I got wedding things to do, guys. I'm I'm becoming one of those guys that's uh, married and stuff soon. Guys, this is what we call excuses. Yeah. So I had to make Chris come here. <laughs> like you're early, getting so. married or something, Steve. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I got stuff to do later, so he accommodated me. But we, we were sitting here talking, and I always take life lessons away from this. And uh, I'm a huge fan, as a teacher, of the concept of modeling, which is what Chris just explained to us when he stands there and goes, I fucked up. Mm. One of the hardest things for me to do, and, and this may relate to some of our listeners, Yeah, I get embarrassed when I fuck up. Yeah, me too. Especially if other people see me screwing up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. However, when I own it, I know this sounds weird, but I actually feel like I just gained power. You did. Right? I can't be embarrassed anymore because now I'm taking this mistake and I'm turning it into an opportunity. Yep. And a lot of times, I'll do this when teaching. Uh, actually, I don't want to get too far on this tangent, but a great moment happened and it just was triggered in my mind. Yeah, I teach all it. freshmen. Let's, yeah, let's hear it. Teach all freshmen. I've got this one kid doesn't say much, but when he does, it's like... Is he brilliant? It's spot on. Dude, his, uh, there's a word I'm looking for that's failing me right now, but it's his ability to pull out the deepest meaning from the simplest things. He's the smartest kid in the room. He's, he's I want to say intuition, but that's not it. Somebody out there, hit us up in the comments. Let me know the word I'm missing. Um, so we're talking about the difference between analytical thinking mm. and evaluation which is based on opinions right so I, I i need you to think about facts and present arguments without me being involved yeah and we're creating a list of words that are opinion based versus fact based and i came up with one that uh i put under opinion based and he goes yeah but isn't that kind of factual 
and he blew my mind with his logic to the point that I was like, I've been teaching this class for five years now. And I just realized I've taught four years wrong. He's giving you a light, a new light to look at it in. And I had to stop in that moment and go, you guys, scratch what I told you to write. Write what James just There's said. nothing wrong with that. And I actually saw a few of my kids kind of like, wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. A teacher just deferred to a student? A teacher just admitted they were wrong and that a student was right? Like you could see it on their faces. There was a look of, it was almost confusion. Right. But at the same time, I bet a few of those are going to take that. In the same way when you stick your hand up, you yeah. go, I screwed up. Yeah. I wasn't embarrassed by it. Actually, as a matter of fact, I felt an immense sense of pride in, in James for calling me out. It's a perfect lesson to tell others. And I have now changed my lesson so that in the future, I'm teaching the kids more accurately because I was able to, rather than going, nah, I'm right, you're wrong. I was able to go, you know what? I am wrong. Which you could have done. I could have. I have absolute authority in my classroom. But you know what? He was right. And they sting a little bit to be put in my place by a freshman? Sure. But that my pride... Well, that, that's ego. Yeah, it does not change the fact yeah. that he was right. Yep. And I hope that those students that day will remember that. I'm sure they will. And, you know, I hope your employees, when they see you owning your shit, they say, all right, you know what, this is a place where not only is that okay, but that's encouraged. Because if we don't make mistakes, if we're perfect all the time, yeah. how do we ever leave our plateau? Exactly. Right? So, perfect? No. Stagnation. Right. Owning mistakes, using them as an opportunity to improve, that's how you grow. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know it, it, in my opinion, <clears throat> the personality trait of which we're talking about of not being able to accept blame is one that I don't want to say I despise the most, but I find it very difficult to work with. Yeah. Now, you know, in my position, I am fully capable of teaching someone how to not be like that, but the individual has to be open to it. And 100% of those that work with me are open to it. Now, guys, don't get me wrong. Where I'm at two years into the purchase of this gym, this business, it took me two years to get the full trust and I guess you can say bought in this from my staff because they know that we kick fucking ass now, two years later. Two years ago, they didn't, they were like, who are you? Where are you from? You're 31. You're from Guilford, you know? But the, the point is now, I have that kind of, um, I guess you could say trust from the staff and they're open to uh, learning, you know, but if the individual is not open to learning and they were uncoachable, that is why I terminated that individual and why I, in personal relationships, friends, girlfriends, family, quote unquote, terminated my relationships with them. Um, because they're not open to progressing. And if you're open to progressing, and if you want to progress, taking this lesson of accountability is fundamental. 
And I, I guarantee you, just like I was saying before, your life will be 100% different in one physical year. I literally, in the example of this, in one physical year will be, one, will be much different progressively if you start with this. You know, we talked about perspective. And if you didn't hear our perspective talks, go back and listen to episode one and two. You start with the perspective. Now you utilize the accountability of, hey, oh, fuck, I fucked up. It's cool, though. I'm going to learn from it. And if you utilize this on a daily basis and learn from it, your life will be different. Guaranteed. So I want to use it. Okay. Right? Yeah. But I'm not yet at the point where I could stand up in the middle of a room and say I fucked up. No, no, it's tough. Where's a place that commonly our listeners could maybe not pub- publicly yeah. practice accountability? Your home. Your home. Are you comfortable in your home? Me? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, most of us are pretty comfortable in our environment, right? Yeah. Um, so let's think of a good example. Okay, here's one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to seem like a scumbag dog father here. <laughs> but um, um, yesterday, I... Yesterday morning, I went to feed my dogs, and there wasn't enough dog food to feed them both. Okay, did I make it work and pull some chicken and rice and you know some protein gains out of the fridge and give it to them? Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, depending on the individual, you could look at that as it's the dog's fault, or um, you know, uh, my mom forgot to remind me, or you know, the my girlfriend forgot to remind me or my my husband didn't write the note or something along those lines to remind me now i live alone i'm single so i have no one to blame but myself now i knew last week that i was getting light on dog food and in my mindset you know i am so quote unquote busy that i knew that i needed to go get more dog food but i never actually did and I ran into the mistake that I made of not having enough dog food to feed my dogs. And I realized it was my mistake. Now, is that a great example? You know, probably not. But Well, hold on. It is though, right? Because you could have blamed it on, oh, if my businesses weren't so overpowering. Excellent. Yeah. You could have blamed it on any of those other factors. There's many people in your life that care about your dogs. Why didn't any of them ask how they were doing? Most of them like the dogs more than me. Yeah, uh, I might be in that crowd. <laughs> but no, you could have blamed it on all these other factors. My mind's so busy because of all these other factors. Yeah. But instead, Very easy to use that example too. It, but instead you said, you know what? I have to do better. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you next time will do better. You know, it's, it, I know a lot of you are like, that doesn't seem like a big accountability step. There's a lot of people that can't own that shit. Oh yeah. That's a little inch forward. Like right. we discussed every step in the correct direction. You know, I, I, to give another small example that yeah. may relate to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. I was responsible for driving a group of people to an event in Guilford yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I get in my car. It's on empty. Now all of my. I'm going to call them guests mm-hmm. to my vehicle, have to wait for me to pump gas. I felt kind of bad about that, right? And I, in my head, wanted to blame the fact that the day before, on my way home, I was asked to go to the grocery store. I was asked to go pick up light bulbs. I was asked to go uh, or to make dinner for everybody. And in the time, I forgot. I knew I needed gas when I left for work on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Friday night, I had to do all these things. 
Saturday I've got to drive people places. I could have blamed it on all the things that everybody else asked me to do. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is I knew I needed gas. Yeah. I've now got, none of them made a big deal out of it. But in my head, I felt like I was disrespecting their time by not being prepared to do the thing I knew I had to do. You accepted your responsibility. And you know what? I didn't tell anybody that. But in my head, I said, next time, let's not do this. Right. Is that a big step, folks? No. But you know what that is? It's an inch. Yeah. It's one more rung up the ladder. Yeah. It's one more. As long as you're moving forward in any measurement, you're moving the right way. Yeah. And, and to kind of like build off what you're saying... You asked me to give an example of how you can start accepting accountability, you know, around the people that you love or in like you're talking about or in the house, in your home, like I was talking about, is an excellent way of starting. The only reason why I I have to, I don't have to, the only reason why I do raise my hand in front of my employees and customers and admit that I'm wrong is because I'm at the level of I'm teaching others that it's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And some of these people are 30 years older than me, 35 years older than me. And they're like, oh, huh, look at that. Or maybe he's right or whatever they might be saying. They might be telling me to fuck off. But the thing about it is I enjoy making mistakes now. I really do. I like making mistakes when I'm around other people so I can use it as an example so their lives get better. Mm-hmm. And I'll make the mistakes so you don't have to. Right. And that's the whole premise behind this podcast. Learn from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. I have made so many fucking mistakes that have cost so much time, so much money, relationships, everything. That if you can use what I'm teaching you rather than make the mistakes yourself and learn from my mistakes, that's the point to us having this entire podcast. Which will be coming at you again next week, because I think we nailed this week's episode. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there needs to be a part three of accountability. No, and you know what? Before we go into uh, the end here, I really wanted to just take a moment and thank everyone for the support that uh, we have received. We're in episode number three, and the amount of support is absolutely overwhelming. Uh, I, the amount of text messages I've received, DMs on social medias and, so, and, and personal conversations is it, it's it's like soul warming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, this would not be without the listeners. And just, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing. It might not seem like a lot just playing the podcast, but playing the podcast and or if you're reaching out to us is is absolutely absolutely awesome and amazing and thank you so much for your time guys if you feel that this would help anybody in their life help us out with a share send it to someone else we want to help as many people as possible but the the point to everything is thank you and before we get into our individual social medias i want to give a shout out to uh our boy donnie uh who put me on to something called anchor is a podcast platform that you can listen to in your car, but it will also assist us in getting out to um, Apple CarPlay, Spotify, Stitcher. There's like nine different platforms it will automatically send us out to. Um, that's be coming in the next week. Yeah. Uh, Anchor will be ready as soon as this goes live. Uh, it'll be the same link, Anchor, the CW Clinic. Um, 
and then it will tell you from there all the places you can get it. It will let you know when we're on Spotify and the big platforms. I'm pretty excited about being on Spotify. Yeah, I've got a few projects on there right now, and let me tell you, it's really cool searching yourself repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. So. Uh, if you want to check out any of my nerd adventures and the things I'm doing lately, you can catch me at twitch.tv slash esadnote. That's E-S-A-D-N-O-T-E. Chris, where can the people find you at? Yo, guys, my primary uh, social media form is Instagram. It's at chriswarns1. You could also find me on The Book of Face, Christopher Warns. I have all the other social medias, but hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll direct you to the proper platform. And before we go, kick fucking ass and take names, guys. We'll be back with episode number four next week.